Coming off an incredible week at the Players' Championship where Justin Thomas is your champion. But we got to get set to do it all over again this week at the Honda Classic. That's mean we are back with another edition of Cash Out with the Coaches. I am Jonathan Coachman. He is Travis Fulton, one of the great golf instructors in the world today. Trav, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good coming off the players. JT put on a show with that he driver did. down he the did. stretch. High fades, low hooks. You know, Sunday was awesome, man. We saw, you know, a shank. We saw a top. Yes. We saw banana slices. I mean, it was like, this is awesome. It was, players in the world. It was one of the most enjoyable days of golf that I can remember in a really long time. And it wasn't like we were getting those shanks from guys that were way back. Brendan <laughs> Todd was, but Bryson, I mean, the top, the shanks, we had we had it all. And Justin Thomas in a very, very emotional win. Um talking about his grandfather afterwards, you know, embracing his dad, everything he's gone through the first tiger and his grandfather passing away. I thought it was a really cool win. And I am such a big fan of Justin Thomas. I thought it was a really popular victory. Yeah. He, uh, you know, late on Friday, he, he kind of got a little spark, right? He birdied 16, he birdied 18. You know, what's crazy about TPC Sawgrass, he stepped up onto the tee on Friday, 18th hole. And if he hits it in the water, he misses the cut. You know, that's yep. how close he that's was. Right. And he, he was able to make birdie, make the cut and then use that momentum and shoot 64 on Saturday. JT's a great player for a lot of reasons, but these great players, they can, they can turn it, you know, things are not going their way. They can flip the switch, find something and then off they go. And when JT gets going, you know, he's no question. One of the best players in the game, the 64 on Saturday was brilliant. Uh, one off the course record. He hit the ball as good on Sunday and really made nothing. 34 putts on Sunday. Mm -hmm. If he putts on Sunday, he wins by five. His ball striking is just so damn good. I, I mean, his iron game is, is great, but those drives that he hit down the stretch, 14 bomb, 15 high fade. I've never seen anybody drive it through the fairway there from the back tee. 16, a, a low rope hook, 18 mm -hmm. bomb right down the middle. It was an exhibition of just all kinds of different shots, too. It was just awesome to watch a ball striker in full control late on Sunday on arguably one of the most intimidating golf courses in the game. Well, you heard the announcers talk about how he seemed to be the only player of the contenders that had control of his golf ball. And then in his post-round press conference, he said, I had complete control of my golf mm -hmm. ball. There was nothing that I couldn't do. Now, he did get a couple of breaks. You mentioned on Friday with the ball not continuing into the water. Then how about on Sunday? At the time, he just had a one-shot lead because Westwood hadn't missed his putt on 17 yet. And that thing was heading yeah. for the water. I still don't know how it all of a sudden takes a bounce with a left spin on it, and it shoots right back up the fairway where he, he <laughs> had a shot to get in. It, you you got to believe sometimes when he says, I know my grandfather was looking down, mm -hmm. that there's got to be something to that. There was no reason for that ball not to go into the water on Sunday. But he gets the win. I think he has, if, it, if anybody ever has an issue, Trav, like he had from Hawaii, he, he is the poster boy for mm -hmm. how you address it, how you own it, how you move on from it and how you continue to be in the public eye. And if you notice only one of his sponsors, his clothing sponsor walked away from him. Mm -hmm. And now they're starting to look a little bit foolish because everybody else hung in there with him because they understood what his character is. They understand who he is. And now he's a 14 time PGA tour champion 
He's a major champion. He's a player's champion. And how about only him and Tiger Woods are the only two dudes that have won <laughs> a WGC, a major championship, and a player's championship before the age of 28. Hey, I know distance matters, right? We know that. I mean, all this hype about Bryson, he's taken over, um, you know, he's taken over the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. No question about it. But Colin Morikawa, who just won, Justin Thomas, who just won, and, of course, Bryson, who's in there, who just won, we know has the, the power game. But what's the common yes. denominator of those three? I mean, what do they all do really well? It's the iron game, right? I the mean, iron game is the strokes is game approach is the most important stat. So you can have distance. Yes, it's going to be overpowering when Bryson gets it going, but you've got to have that iron game. You have to be able to flight the short irons, proximity to the hole, be strong in the middle part of the iron game, be able to launch the long irons high like JT can. You've got to win in the approach game, and JT does it. Morikawa does it. It's probably an underrated part of the game uh, for for DeChambeau, that is the most important statistic, and it's going to bear itself out once again this week at PGA National. No doubt about it. Before we look forward real quick, with just one last question before we move on to talk about this week's Honda Classic. Um, I thought the pressure really got to a lot of players on Sunday, and we don't talk about it a lot, but it was the biggest prize in all of golf. The exemptions, the perks, if you win a player's championship, are damn near as good, if not better, than a major championship. What did you make about all the guys, the Doug Gems of the world, that just absolutely, when the pressure was on, they couldn't hit really any good golf shots until then they were far enough back that it didn't matter. What about the pressure trap? Well, it's a learning it's a learning experience, right? I mean, these young players, they get in it for the first time. It's the Players' Championship. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge platform. And, and Doug Gems started hitting it low left. He's got to get that figured out. You can't be hitting it low left like that. Um, when the pressure's on. So, and he mm -hmm. will, and he'll learn from it. Um, but what a spot, you know, he kind of popped there. Uh, you know, Westwood's body seemed to shut down a little bit, which probably is a little bit of a concern heading into this week. Now playing another consecutive week at the age of 47, um, you could see him not making as big of a turn, kind of leaning on it. It was probably a little body related, but it was probably a little nerves too. I think with shorter swings, that's the tendency. You kind of get a little short, you get a little on top of it, and then you start really driving it hard to the left. And he hit a lot of low poles. He hit a lot of weak fade off to the right. So that's something that um, I think is a real thing, right? Whether you're Doug Gim, a young player, getting out there for the first time, or a 47-year-old vet like Lee Westwood, it hits you. Your body mm -hmm. is different. Your mind is different. And how do you handle that? JT shows you why he's one of the best players in the world. He just separates and keeps going and stays aggressive and plays with very little fear. Is he nervous? Of course he is, but he's just hitting shots and ripping it. There was no, let's kind of pull it back. It was full system go with really kind of very little fear, which is just really refreshing to watch. It's just, you watch that. There's not many guys that can do what you saw late on Sunday with JT. Well, I did see an interview with, I believe, his one of his coaches where he basically said that his putting stinks. And if he can get his putting figured out, he's going to have a year like what Tiger had in 2000 was the quote, which is scary to think about. But let's spin it forward now. And yeah. a lot of the top players who, who live in the West Palm Beach area, that live in the Jupiter area, they are not playing this week. And it always kind of surprises me because this 
event is so close to where so many of them live. Mm -hmm. Um, But because of where it falls in the schedule before and now here with the, with the world golf um, championship match play next week, then a lot are sitting out this week, which is unfortunate. Uh, But Lee Westwood, let's start with him. He is playing this week. He also played at Augusta national with his son on Monday. I think he's going to be worn out. I really, really do. I'm fading him across anything that people ask me. I've already got into it on Twitter with a few people who think this is going to be his week. Yeah. I think he potentially could miss the cut because of his <laughs> legs. What do you think? Well, I think it's, I think it's valid. I, I, I tend to agree with you um, that, you know, he, he kind of admitted his legs were giving out on Sunday and then he plays mm-hmm. again Monday and now he travels down and we're going to go consecutive at PGA national. I think he's a fade for me, but you know, the Honda classic, this is, I think the longest tenured event on the PGA tour sponsored by the same group in, in Honda. This has been going on here for a long time. I can remember watching the Honda classic when I was little um, PGA national is a big boy golf course, man. I've been down there many times. The wind gets whipping. You feel like you're about two feet tall out there and there's just no place to go or hit it. And you feel like you can shoot a huge number forecast is calling for win and particularly on Sunday, but there's no question. The Honda hurt. It has been hurt here from the schedule change. Usually it's the first event on the, on the mm-hmm. Florida swing. Then we yep. go to API. Then we go to players. Now it's on the tail end, um, you know, as WGC's next week. So you got a lot of the big names holding out for that. Cause they need a break. Uh, but it's just at the same time, coach, you know, you think about it. PJ national in many ways, handicap is very much like CBC sawgrass. You've got to have ball striking. We know that strokes hand approach. I'm going to weigh the accuracy a little more important here again this week versus the distance. And you got to be able to handle Bermuda greens. And as you do that, you got to avoid the double bogey because it's lurking out there. One missed shot. And you're going to make double as you saw the volatility at TPC sawgrass. So in many ways, short course, um, we got a ball strike. We got to avoid the big number. The first <laughs> five holes, you have got to get your birdies. Yeah. You've got to get your birdies in the first five holes at PGA National. Par four first. Pretty straightforward hole. Easiest hole on the course is the third. That's the par five. Get a birdie at four. So you got to get going early, right? Then you hit the six. The six, hardest hole on the course. Brutal. And then you start rolling into the back nine which you know when you get to the bear trap, you better uh, you better be ready to go. The 14th's a tough hole, 466-yard par four. You're going to see a lot of bogeys and big numbers there. And then you get to 15. You know, 100. it can play anywhere from like 160 to 184 yards. There's no, just really no place to miss it. You know, you have mm-hmm. to, you've got to step up and hit your shot there. If you leave it right, you're in the water. If you pull it, you're in the bunker. Short left is no bargain. And then, of course, 17 is a lot like that as well. It's a shorter par three, but you've got to step up and commit and hit the shot. So there's a lot of really tough holes on the back nine. 10 is a brute. 11 is a brute. Um, So get your birdie early. uh, And then as you start to roll to the back nine, you better hang on and avoid those double bogeys. Keep the ball out of the water. That is the one thing that I have really noticed that this is like the first year that I've done so much golf content that you watch really everything really, really closely. And the Florida swing, it's all about where the water hazards are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are so penal that it's almost like getting it out of bounds. 
that if you hit it in the water because you have to lay back so far. Uh, and that can be an issue. Sun JM is the defending champion. And Trav, as we get ready for our picks later in the show, I'm excited to welcome in right now a man who won this event in 2007. He's won multiple times on the PGA Tour. And to your point, he's diminutive in stature. He's only 5'7", but he's big time when it comes to the PGA Tour. So ladies and gentlemen, excited to welcome Mr. Mark Wilson to cash out with the coaches. This man won the Honda Classic in 2007. He's also a colleague at PGA Tour Live. And we are excited to have him as our guest this week here on Cash Out with the Coaches. Mark Wilson, welcome to the show. How are you, Mark? I, I'm doing great, Coach Travis. Thanks so much for having me. This is fun. Honda Classic, of course, dear to my heart. First ever PGA Tour victory. Never thought I could do it. So I have a lot of memories this week. And uh, those guys are in for a, a good test. Well, you mentioned good tests, and that's the first question I want to go to because consistently the last three years of five out of the last six, it's the hardest par 70 course on the PGA Tour. Why is that? Well, I I mean, you see my bangs here? You know, I can't (laughs) seem to get them. I need to get a trim there. Well, the rough is like that. (laughs) And the greens are like your hair, Coach. They're pretty much just scalped, right? So you've got to – I mean, it's funny when you look at the statistics, though. The – the only guy that kind of stands out was Ricky Fowler a few years ago when he won. He putted his way to a victory. But pretty much every other year, when you look back at the last five champions, they have been tee to green in that top five row. I think three of them were the, were number one. So you've got to really strike your golf ball well, and, and that's why it's tough. Then the wind comes up, too. There's always that wind down there in South Florida. The year that I managed to win, we saw four different directions. And so it was just all over the place, saw a different golf course every day. All of a sudden, one day, the, the hole that was playing short, the next day is playing long. And, <laughs> and so they just throw a lot at you. And, uh, you know, it's really fun to watch. Hey, take us to the bear trap, Mark. 15, 16, and 17. Those two par threes, there's just no place to miss it. I mean, what, what do you feel like standing on those tees trying to hit that green late on a Sunday? I'm telling you, in 2007, I was pretty much going to fall over. My legs were just shaking, and I just didn't know what to do. And I walked around the corner on 17. The PGA Tour staff decided, let's put the tees up. Thank goodness. Oh, wow. <laughs> the day before, we were hitting six iron in the back right pin, and they said, let's put the front left pin and give them like a nine iron. And I was like, thank God, you know. Um, but you're right. There is a bailout. I think that's kind of the problem. Unlike TPC Sawgrass, where there's no bailout on the island green, you can bail out on 15 and 17 and left, but you're almost guaranteed bogey. Not guaranteed bogey, but it's a hard par. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of can bail out over there. And of course, you make it bogeys on the PGA Tour. You know, you're not winning anything. So you've got to take it on. You've got to have the courageousness to go ahead and do it. And uh, that's the thing. You've got to take those on. The wind condition is tough there, too. The firm greens on 15 and 17 uh make it tough and then 16 in the middle there it seems like such a benign hole i mean it's the water's really not that much in play you got the bunker down the right that can catch one a little to the right but lo and behold we still see guys hit in the water there so mm-hmm. it's it's a mental challenge more than anything and then thankfully they throw a par five at you on 18 where maybe you can get a birdie uh I'm going to adjust this interview real quick because you've brought up the wind already a couple of times. Trav, I know you have a question about the wind for him. Well, I'm just curious, you know, Mark, you work on your swing so much, right? And oftentimes you're in a bay, you're, you're on the range. 
and the wind starts to blow and it starts to affect your body. You start bracing against it in different ways. I'm curious for you when you would play like in the Honda classic or golf courses where the wind was blowing, what would it tend to do to your swing? And maybe even, you know, it affects putting too, right. In the way that you are reading greens and bracing against it. Talk about the wind and the effect that it has on a player to your level. Oh yeah. It's, it's a huge effect. I mean, you know, as a right-handed golfer, we certainly don't want a left to right wind practicing because all of a sudden you, you get tired of watching it slice to the right, you know, and you start hooking it more. And then all of a sudden you get in that different wind condition and yeah, it can kind of mess up some of your, uh, your swing. I always had a compact swing, though, pretty short. I mean, I was short to the ground already at five foot seven with <laughs> shoes on, but then my swing hardly ever got above my head. So I think that was to my advantage. When you're in the wind too, it's like, I felt like I was even taking it back shorter, shorter follow through. And, and I, I couldn't really get knocked over as, as easily as, as uh, maybe an Adam Scott or somebody mm. like that who's a, who's a lot taller. Uh, putting, you bring up too. People forget about that. When the greens are 12 on the stint meter like they are on the PGA Tour a lot, and they'll be at PGA National, uh, you got to start playing a little bit of wind in terms of if you're into the wind, downwind, and side. And so that can really uh, play with your mind as well. And so it's just a matter of really getting into the moment. We say it all the time, but when the, when the wind is more of a factor, I think more of the creative, imaginative, players kind of rise to the top and then you know maybe a ricky fowler who's struggling with his game past champion comes in with some good vibes and if there's a lot of win in this difficulty he's not going to be out there playing range on the golf course he's going to go out there and try to be more creative you know mark i've told a lot of people anybody that will listen that of all the people that i get to work with in the broadcasting side of golf you are right at the top as far as transitioning and from where you started to where you are now is incredible, at least in, in my opinion. But you're well, also thanks, getting – you're very welcome. Uh, <laughs> but you're also getting to that age where you got to start thinking about, do you want to play on the Champions Tour? So oh, I, yeah. want to ask you, I, I want to ask you about Lee Westwood because he's 47. He has been the story the last two weeks, even though he hasn't won. Bryson and Justin won, but he's been in the final group two Sundays in a row. What have you made of what he's been able to do at this age multiple weeks in a row? Uh, yeah, it's incredible. And I think he talks about his mindset too, where, you know, everything's now kind of icing on the cake. He's not putting as mm -hmm. much pressure on himself, uh, to go out there. He still works hard in the gym. He hasn't lost his length. He still hits it, you know, kind of medium to long in terms of uh, PGA tour players. So there's no reason why he can't compete. You know, the putter is just kind of, uh, you know, how warm is it going to be on a, on a week to week basis? But, uh, so he's got that mindset in there that he loves to compete and loves loves to be part of that uh i went out uh last week i was doing the launch pad for direct tv and basically stay on the 14th hole all week long and then we sneak out when we're done and so we snuck out to watch the leaders uh finish that players championship and i'm telling you i got that feeling inside that i could not wait to go practice again yeah. uh watching mm. them finish you know you, you see that atmosphere the fans are back it's such a cool feeling to see that and then these guys coming down the stretch are just, yeah, they're nervous inside, but I really truly believe that they're just relishing every moment. And when I looked at that, I was like, you know what? I can't wait to get back out there and have the opportunity to miss a putt. That's kind of mm. what drove me out of the game. Uh, I will say last couple of years is that I was so fearful of the bad shots that I was mm. just, I didn't have the freedom, but I believe those guys that when they're in contention, believe it or not, they don't mind hitting that bad one. They, they're so into having that opportunity to do something great that that, that outweighs 
possibly failing. And, and, and that's what I, that's what I really got from that. And Lee Westwood is, a, is an inspiration uh, and on our hole on 14, he hit the most amazing bunker shot out of the, yes, out of the fairway bunker to keep himself in it. Uh, so, uh, him, you know, it's good stuff. I, I hope he gets a win in one of these big tournaments. He really deserves it. Now the flip side of that is Phil Mickelson and he has been mm -hmm. very, very non-competitive competitive. He didn't make the cut at the players championship, but he wasn't competitive uh, for the win. When you get to a point like where he's at, he's over 50 now and he has to really decide, does he want to be competitive on the PGA tour or go, or go enjoy himself on the champions tour? What do you think is the deciding factor in that? Uh, yeah, I think it's, um, getting yourself beaten up enough by the, by the young guys and, and, <laughs> you know, saying like enough's enough. However, yeah. Phil wants to be not just the best 50 and over. He wants to be the best in the game. And if that means that he has to play 30 some tournaments with the regular guys to get himself one victory, I think he'd take that over 10 victories on the PGA tour champions in a year. I really do. Uh, so I think we're going to see Phil still competing at both levels and, and uh, he's fun to watch because, let's face it, you just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, he was paired with Charles Howell every single round last week. And is that now just the epitome of the difference of Charles Howell, Mr. Consistency, not a ton of wins, not really having to grind in his game. And he kind of knows where it's going day in, day out. Phil, who knows <laughs> what you're going to get? But the career money, <laughs> Phil Mickelson a lot higher than Charles Howell, and the career uh, wins for mm -hmm. Phil as well. But I obviously, I haven't looked at the stats, but I have a feeling Phil's missed a lot more cuts than Charles Howell as well. I, I'm, I'm sure you are correct. He did hit what he called a career-defining shot out of the bunker that cracked the, the, the tree and then somehow landed 10 feet from the pit. I don't know how that happened, but even he laughed at that uh, last week. All right, as we let you get out of here, mm -hmm. I know you do PGA Tour Live all the time and you're always looking at the odds and this is a golf betting show. Who do you like this week and why at PGA National? Well, I'll give you two names. Uh, the one that really stands out is a past champion uh, of the event, Adam Scott. Uh, of course, he, we talked about the ball striking being really the key. And uh, his stats have dipped a little bit tee to green this season, but don't let that fool you. He is an amazing ball striker. And so I really like him as that kind of marquee name to go ahead and, and get it done. But if you're looking for... Maybe another name out there, Ben On, a guy from Korea that has not won on the PGA Tour yet, but is also a great ball striker. And where, where putting isn't as important as most weeks on the PGA Tour, this would be a great time for him to get his first W. Maybe he's worked on that 80-yard shot that he had to hit so many times last week on 17 <laughs> after going in the water. Get off his back, Coach. Times. He was T4 last year. Get off his back. <laughs> There's something he said about getting it all out, all the garbage yeah. out one week. What I did like, though, what I did like, though, Mark, is that he tweeted right afterwards, you know, joking about it, That's making great. fun of it, which I thought was cool. Yeah. I thought was cool. Mark, you're the best. I love Mark, working with you. you. And uh, thanks for coming on the show this week. And uh, hopefully you've helped some people at home, educate them about PGA National, and they can cash out this week too. Thank you, sir. Hey, guys, enjoy it. Uh, yeah, enjoy the week. I'll be listening to you and watching your PGA Tour Live, Coach. And uh, we'll see who the champion is. PGA National will probably win, but there will be a, <laughs> a guy holding this trophy. There you oh, go. At the end of the week. Here we go. There it is. There it is, baby. Oh, that's, that's Mark sweet. Wilson, everybody. That's Mark Wilson. Champion. This is what they're playing for. Thanks, y'all.
Well, so cool to have Mark Wilson here on the show. And how about him dropping the mic, grabbing the Honda so Classic cool. trophy as he says goodbye? Awesome. That's something you would do, like wearing a T-shirt that says Sunjay freaking M on it. My boy. My boy <laughs> is crazy. That dude is crazy. I can't. I can't. I'm not putting any more money on him. Sometimes can't. I put money on him outside of this show. 72, 66, 77, 66 last week at the players. If that doesn't drive you straight to, you know, anyway, wherever we might want to drive you to, I don't know what will. The guy is maddening crazy. I am big on round by round betting within the tournament. And he is the one that I have a face up on my board says (laughs) you can never make a play on him in tournament ever again. Maybe a tournament pick. Because when he gets to the end of Sunday, he's, his score is pretty good. But it's yeah. how he gets there that is maddening to us. Dude, maddening it's like, to us. It, it's, it's like he, he rolls off six birdies and then it's double bogey. I mean, it's, it's just it's crazy to watch. He, he, he's, I, I love him. Um, <laughs> Clearly. And I, had such Clearly. A great, I had such a great run with him for when he came out on tour. <laughs> so like, I felt like I adopted him. But as of the last <laughs> three months, he, I mean, I have gray hair now. From 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 watching him from round around. And he's a defending champion, but you're not going to see him in my lineup, Coach. Let's get to it. You, damn it, you're not going to see him in my lineup either. <laughs> Let's get to it. All right, here's how we do it. Uh, we take 100 bucks. We divide it over five different picks. Last week, we hit three of our head-to-head matchups. Why didn't we hit four? Because Harris English pulled out. We were three for three last week because that's what we do. Also had a top 20 pick thrown in there as well. So we want you to play along with us at home, Fall Sports Pub Media, as well on social media. Uh, and we're going to be doing contests coming up. We're just rolling out a sports pub as we speak. All right, Trav, let's get to it. Your first head-to-head matchup looks like what? Let's do this. Uh, we're on a roll here, by the way. We're killing it on this show between you and I on these head-to-heads. Mm-hmm. Chris Kirk plus 105. The Cameron Tringali train is coming to an end. He missed the cut last week at the players. I know he's been playing well, but look, Chris Kirk, is a terrific story and is the better player of these two. Chris Kirk, Chris Kirk, remind you, has won four times on the PGA Tour. Mm. Uh, had to take a hiatus there, was battling things, some things internally, depression, alcoholism. I actually interviewed him right after he won the King and Bear event on the Corn Ferry Tour back in August, okay? And then here he is, just from back in August, what, seven months later? He's playing mm-hmm. in the Players' Championship. Amazing. Amazing. And he's on the first page. <laughs> I mean, he is a, 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 just an incredible story. He's a great guy, and he can play golf. And we forget that. He is a terrific player. He's a terrific ball striker. He kind of faded a little bit late Sunday because he couldn't make a putt. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy was, like, missing three footers, negative 4.4 strokes in putting last week. But he's hitting the ball beautifully. Very accurate off the tee. Good iron player. I think he gets the putting back. I think he rolls in here and he just continues this great play and uh, this great story. I'm really happy to see him back on the PGA Tour plus 105. You know, this number plus 105 plus 110, I've been making a living kind of right in this area. No different this week. You know, the you, you talk about how great his story has been and how about the pressure not getting to him in Hawaii when he needed to have. Yeah, it was it was a. a T3 or better to, to get his card after the major medical. And 
easy to do when you know what you have to do and then you go out and you get it done to save your career. But I'll say this, Trav. If I hear one more reporter, when he gets done with a round, ask him about his alcoholism. Yeah. I am going to lose my mind. He has talked about it enough. And yeah. he's been very, he's been very nice. He has been very cordial and he's been very open. But at some point, we have to let him move on as a journalistic community. Stop <laughs> asking him on a Saturday about his drinking from three years ago. Let the man enjoy his golf and his good golf. I like this pick, Trav. Good. All right. Uh, my first tournament matchup looks a little something like this because I'm going down the uh, avenue of ball strikers this week. There's going to be a pattern with me. Brandon Steele, very quietly, had a decent week last week. Not great, decent. And Russell Henley, he was good early in the year, early yeah. in the season, but now he's really dropped off. Even though I see him a, a lot in, in different power rankings that you read for the week, I just don't think he's playing very good golf right now. So give me Brendan Steele plus money, plus 110, 100 bucks will win you 110 over Russell Henley. I'm putting 30 bucks on it. Very confident in this pick. You know, it's funny. It was Steele and Kirk. Both these guys predominantly, they just hit this little draw. I said every shot they hit. Go watch these two. Everything starts about, about four or five yards right and dies about two or three yards left. Every single shot. Driver, wedge. I think there is not a prettier ball flight in golf than that right there. Yeah, I love it because when you can control it, that's magic. Yeah, it's so hard to control that shot uh, for amateurs. It really is. All right, your second head to head. Where are you going? Well, I'm gonna um, be shocky here a little bit. Brandon Wu <laughs> minus one fifteen <laughs> over Aaron Wise. What has happened to Aaron Wise? I don't know. He's falling off the face of the earth. What happened to this guy? He comes know. out. What he win? The Byron Nelson had a great start early in his rookie season. Mm -hmm. It's been a little bit of the ball striking, but um, let me tell you something. His putter, there's chili. And then there's, <laughs> I mean, there's. Like, and then there's Applebee's. There, there's <laughs> <He's> no <laughs> pulse. Oh, like that putter man. doesn't have a pulse. He lost 10, 10 at the waste management strokes gained putting lost four and a half at API lost two at the players. I mean, this putter is just nowhere to be found. And here comes this young Brandon Wu, right? Who most don't know a lot about. He was seventh at Puerto Rico and he won the corn Ferry tour championship at a golf course that I know really, really well, which is Victoria national. And when you talk about tough, challenging golf courses where you have to avoid double bogey, there's no better test than Victoria National. It is one of the hardest golf courses in the United States. I promise you that. He'll come to PGA National. He'll be like, this is like a pitching putt compared to what I just won the Corn Ferry <laughs> Tour on <laughs> at Victoria National. Uh, no, in all series. And this kid can play, obviously. When you win the Corn Ferry Tour Championship at the end of the year, you're a real player. He's going to come out here. He's going to get status. You're going to be hearing this name for a while. And, uh, you know, the way that Aaron Wise is rolling along, Brandon Wu, Puerto Rico, seventh. Hey, this field's probably not that far off from it. Why not just come in here, keep it in front of you with your ball striking, which he usually does, avoid double. Should be enough here at minus 115 over Aaron Wise. This is definitely one of those weeks where if you're a, a player like a Brandon Wu, that you're looking at it licking your chops. Because yeah. just because the top 10 players in the world are not there, the FedEx number is the same. The money is still over a million dollars to win. So you got to lose the mindset of this is less than, 
and realize and, – and also, I think this is one of the tournaments, Trav, every year that people complain of because of the field. And then by Sunday, it's such an exciting finish that you forget that you were complaining on Wednesday because the field wasn't what you wanted it to be. I never complain about a field because I get so into every single tournament regardless. And I'm going to yeah. be into this one to see who can handle uh, the pressure. I want to see Brandon Wu. And I want to see him in a major PGA event. And mm. this is that. So I cool. like that. It's as much for me fading Aaron Wise as it would be for, I, for playing Brandon I, Wu. I think this one's over Friday night. I agree. I agree. Wise is really struggling. All right, my second pick, I'm going to go with another guy that it's about fading him as opposed to playing Cameron Davis. So Sunday morning, Sunday morning, <laughs> I tweeted to anybody that would listen. You know I did, Trav. You tweeted and I said, you, you, you texted me for crying out loud. Fade Doug Gibb. What I and how much money did you win? You're yeah, welcome. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Because what I saw <laughs> Saturday night in him, he started getting jittery. He started walking faster. I started noticing that. And I knew coming out on Sunday, the pressure would be too much for him. And let's remember, who was he playing with on Sunday? Doug Gim was playing with JT. You're damn right he was. And so he's watching Justin Thomas, even when he wasn't making birdies, still being able to salvage pars. And it started to get to him. Then he hits two in the water and gets an eight on the par four. And that was all she wrote for Doug Gim. And that was an easy head-to-head matchup for Lee Westwood to win on Sunday. This, to me, Doug Gim's going to have a huge hangover from that. Because not only did he lose the tournament, but he dropped way out of the top 10, where he probably cost himself, Travel, I'm guessing three or $400,000. And for a guy oh, yeah. like Doug Gim, yeah. that's life-changing money. It really is. Mm-hmm. So I think he has a hangover. I'll take Cameron Davis minus 130. Davis is really a rising star. Um, how he does on this course, that remains to be seen. But I think he does enough to beat Doug Gim. Well, he was eighth here last year. Let me remind you, Cameron Davis was here at the uh, at the Honda. You know, Davis oh. is, man, I don't know how I feel. You know, at the beginning of the year when we do our picks, you know, like guys to watch for Davis was one of my guys and yeah. big on him. I like him. Get a good West Coast swing, but he's just—he's just kind of—he's um, kind of faded back here the, in, in into February, into March. I think like yeah. upside. Yeah, I think Cameron Davis probably has a little more upside than Gim, but I don't know, man. I, I don't—I don't know if I like this pick. I really don't. I don't know if I like it. I, I think uh, I think Davis is kind of struggling a little bit right now. I'll be honest with you. Well, that's why I'm not picking him to win. Why I'm not? not picking him to win because because I know he's struggling. But at some point, I think he picks it back up. Yeah. And I, I think, I think, again, this is about more about Gim than it is Cameron Davis. I was yeah. going to pick anybody that was matched up against Doug Kim this week. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I really was. Uh, all right. Uh, the next pick, top 20 picks. Trav, where are you going on this one? You know, I tweeted out yesterday. I said, who wins first, Taylor Gooch or Corey Connors, right? Both played well Interesting. Uh, last Interesting. week at, at, the, uh, at the players. And I was surprised how much respect Gooch got. Uh, Taylor Gooch. I think is slowly rounding into a very solid player on the PGA tour. Now, Corey Connors has the one win. Gooch hasn't had a win yet. He was 12th at Genesis, 43rd at API, fifth at the players. Really didn't drive the ball that well. Kind of got in trouble off the tee a little bit. His approach game was beautiful. His putting was beautiful. If he does that again this week, he will be in the top 20 once again. And I think coming off that fifth place players, we talked about money with Gim. You know how much um, Gooch made for fifth? $579,000. So 
307. Can you imagine when that hit his account on a Monday? Can you imagine? <laughs> He's like, <sighs> that's real money. We forget that's real money. People act oh. like all these guys make tens of millions. They don't. This this was you remember that's when a Billy Horsell's wife for Gooch. Huge payday for Gooch. I remember when Billy Horsell's wife when they won the FedEx Cup and she talked about because for people who don't know at home. They get direct deposit, just like you and I do. Oh, yeah. So yep. whenever they win on Sunday, it's in yep. their account Monday morning. And it was $13 million, I remember, she talked about. And she's like, we just sat there and looked at our computer and said, does it really say $13 million? I mean, this is life-changing money for these guys. It is. So you you so you, you think Westwood's happy playing golf and smiling in the last couple of weeks and, like, everything's good. Wait till you see Gucci smile on Thursday. Wait till you see Taylor Gucci smile on Thursday and Friday down at West Palm Beach cuz no one's happier than he is with that money in his account and check these stats out. Check okay. these stats out. This is how well-rounded Taylor Gucci is becoming. Strokes off the tee, 85th. Approach 73rd. Around the green, 58th. Putting 48th. Total 39th. I mean, this is now this isn't JT material. I get that. But this is a solid player. Like this is becoming a very solid player who's finding his way on the PGA tour, putting the pieces together. Hey, fifth at the players. Let's keep it going, baby. The bank account's padded. Let's get it's, another it's, fifth right here at the Honda and keep this train running at plus 160. It's so funny how you and I come from opposite ends of the spectrum, but we seem to meet <laughs> in kind of the same spot. And I'm more of a field player. You're more of a stats player. And when I see Taylor Gooch, the reason that I'm high on him He's got swag for days. Yeah, he does. This dude is as cocky, or at least he looks like it, as any play. When he walked off the green at 18 on, yeah. at the players, he put the sunglasses on. <laughs> he was pissed that he missed that putt to give him at least a chance to catch. I mean, I love this cat because you know he's the dude that you play with in your foursome that yep. is going to drop a birdie on your head on 18 and then let you hear about it all the way to the clubhouse. I'm in it for guys like Taylor Goose. Yeah. Give me more of him. All right, my top 20 pick this week. I'm going – I decided to go a little bit off the radar because it never – chalk never happens. So, for me, this is a dude that is really playing well. I think he's getting a little bit better shape. I've been a little critical of him for not getting in better shape because Harry Higgs has the talent to mm -hmm. be a top-flight PGA Tour pro. But people underestimate how important it is to have your legs come Sunday. And he's had a few high finishes, but I think a lot of times he gets tired. This week, though, I think he has enough talent to get into the top 20. You're giving me plus 450 for a dude that absolutely could win the tournament. I'll take that easily, and I'll put 15 bucks on it at plus 450. <laughs> How cool is Harry Higgs, man? I mean, the dude. So cool. <laughs> so did you, see, did you see the video that they, they put out, PJ Tour? Basically, it was yeah. like following him, and he gets out of his car. And then he's talking to the camera and then he just walks away and sliding in behind him was his caddy to grab his clubs. I was like, that is the coolest thing I have ever seen. He wasn't <laughs> even worried about his clubs. He was just talking to the camera. And it's, oh, this dude is amazing. He is. Amazing. He is. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, now it's time for our winner for the week. And there were a lot of different directions that we could have gone with this. Which direction did you go? 
Well, you know, the Honda Classic, you think as volatile it is, you know, you can make a double bogey just like that, that this would open the door for long shots to come in and win. But for the most part, the chalk usually prevails here at the Honda Classic. You know, Sanjay won last year. I was going to pick him again this year, but I wanted to enjoy my weekend. You got JT <laughs> winning on the eight. You got JT back in 18, Ricky Fowler in 17, Adam Scott. In, you know what I'm saying? Like these are household names. The cream does kind of rise here. So I went with Joaquin Neiman again. This is the second time I've picked him on this show. Uh, I picked him back in the Sony, which I think is a kind of an interesting course to compare as a lot of the handicappers are doing. And Neiman was second there. I thought he was going to win it. He ended up finished second back there. A little bit of, you know, he kind of, he's kind of, I want to say he's regressed. He just hasn't really gotten much going. I still think he's been playing okay. Uh, a lot of like 20s and 30s, somewhere in there, you know, making cuts but not making that run. What I like about Neiman, he's a great wind player. Uh, I think the wind is going to be blowing here. This is kind of that ball striking type of course, uh, similar to like a Sony. Um, can he do enough with the putter? I think that's kind of the question, right? Like mm -hmm. you got to do enough with the putter at TPC, at PGA National, handle the wind, handle the ball striking, avoid double bogey, and just do enough with the putter. As we saw JT, 34 putts on a Sunday. I can kind of see something like that with the Joaquin. He's had many rounds, hit 17, 18 greens, don't make a lot of putts, 68, 69, right? That's kind of what I'm thinking about here. So I think he fits that bill. I know he's one of the favorites at plus 2,200, but Westwood, you know, he's one of the favorites, 47 years of age. I think he's going to be dragging ass. And, yeah, and tired walking around there. Sunjai is up there. I mean, again, anyway, Daniel Berger, you know, he's up there. I think you got to watch for Berger. I think this is a good spot for him. He's played yeah. well here in the past. I think Neiman and Berger down the stretch, the chalk Neiman gets them late on Sunday. Yeah. Berger comes in at 11 to one in most places. And this is a perfect track for a guy like him. I love the Neiman pick. The only reservations that I have is that this year, what has kept him from victory is late mistakes in yeah. tournaments. And that has been the only reason he hasn't won at least once, if not twice that I can remember off uh, the top of my head. I'm a little bit on tilt, Trav. I'll be honest with you, because I do a show for CBS and we have a big contest. One and done. You can only use one player or player once. And then you add up your points, and it's based off dollars they win. So last week, on camera, I said it's going to be JT or Colin Morikawa. And I went with Colin Morikawa. So as you can imagine, I'm second-guessing myself this week because I would have had a $2.7 million payday and jumped right to the top of the leaderboard. But I didn't. But this week, I said, let's go back to the basics. Let's go back <laughs> to my model. My model. I don't even know who you are right now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you sipping on over there? <laughs> huh? And when I looked at my model and how I broke it down, you know, it's all about strokes gained approach. It's all about <laughs> strokes gained. <laughs> my best Travis Fulton impersonation. And I'm going to go with a great iron player who, if I told you that this man finished top 10 last <laughs> week at the players, you would call me a liar. Because they never showed him. They, I think they showed one shot on 18, and that's all you saw from this man last week. But he finished in eighth at the Players' Championship, and that is Shane Lowry, plus 3,000 
course, I'm putting my usual five bucks on it because it's like finding a needle in a haystack. <laughs> but this dude right now is playing good golf. I think he's motivated. And when you put look at names, when the top names aren't there, Shane Lowry, as far as ball strikers, is right there at the top. So yeah. you give me plus 3,000, I'll take that all day. Give me Shane Lowry for the win. Yep. I think that's, I think that's a good pick. My are goodness. You, are you, are you offended at, at my at goodness? My, my say, impersonation of you. Did I, did I just, that I just see introducing coaches model in the, in the, in the lower. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on it for weeks. What? You can't be the one with a model. I have a model. Oh, man. I've we're gonna, not hey, had a model since I was 20. Anyway, we're going to work on the presentation of that after the show. <laughs> on the presentation of my yeah. model? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just, okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Our <laughs> final pick for the week is our wild card pick. Where are you going with this? It can be anything on the board. Anything. It can be anything, anything. out there. Anything, anybody. So my wild card pick, and I know you're going to make fun of this. What is that? It's my boy and your boy. Chez Reedy. To win! What? I shouldn't say $20, by the it, way. I'm not that stupid. Well, anyway, leave it so, at $20. So, Do the so, math. So, for, for if you hit this at 20 bucks, I'll never catch you. No, I can never catch you. I, I, I'm yeah, we're going to do five or whatever. Okay. We'll see how he does after after Friday, <laughs> and then I'll let you know. But Chez Reedy. One shining moment, baby. One shining moment is going to happen this week. 140 to one, $5 to win. You know what? It's not about that, baby. You know what it's about? It's about NCAA oh, basketball. No. Look it, look it. And you know who's, no. you, you know who's coming? You know who's coming? 26 and 0, coming into the season. Number one seed, 32 and 0, the Zags are going to get it all done for their first national championship. Ches Reedy wins the Honda Classic, and I'm going to be partying until the cows come home. Why do I hate that pick? <laughs> Look who I picked to win it all in my CBS Sports. I can't read it. Challenge. Who is it? Says Gonzaga. Oh! I picked Gonzaga. I picked Gonzaga over Illinois to win it all. My goodness. Nice. I... I don't know what I what I will dislike more. If I win this whole thing and I have to listen to you chirp about Gonzaga <laughs> win the national champion, it may not be worth it. It hey, might not be worth it. You're gonna you may not show up next week if Ches Reevy happens to win this event. He's hitting the ball great, by the way. Ches Reevy's hitting the ball great. Trap. He can't hit Trap. his ass with a handful of rice with his putter in his hand, though. I mean, this guy can't hunt right now. Him and Aaron Wise, someone. I Pull these guys I, aside. I already threatened to quit the CBS show if JT won last week. And so I had to beg the bosses to let me stay on that show. I can't quit this show, too, because then I won't have a job. <laughs> so I got to stay. But I'm not going to be happy if Ches Reeby wins. My pick, I went a little more conservative than you did with your wild card <laughs> pick. Uh, and I'm going to go with Matt Wallace for a top 10 pick plus 600. I figure if he gets into the top 10 realm, he's going to finish in the top 10. So I'm getting better odds, obviously, doing a top 10. Oh, my God. Top 10 pick as opposed to a top 20. <laughs> Who'd you you're, pick? You're like, you're like, I, I picked Matt Wallace uh, while you're putting on that uh, stupid jersey. Okay. 
you remind me of my news director uh, in my first job in Wichita. I was like, make memorable television. Make people remember. He sounds like a great guy. Did he pick for his wild card pick? They're like, did he pick Gonzaga, the Honda Classic? <laughs> is that is that what Travis did? Hey, who knows, man? This week just feels who knows. I don't who know. Kind of like as you could tell earlier, I'm getting ready to go on spring break with my kids. You know, in, at Amelia Island, and it's gonna be great. It's gonna be fun. Oh, that's it's gonna, gonna be, be a blast. It's gonna yeah. be a it's gonna be a blast, right? Now, how how does how does the wife deal? How does the wife deal? With when you're on vacation with the family, but yet you want to keep an eye on the tournament on TV. How does that go? Well, it's just, it's all moderation, right? Like you have to, got to keep it, you know, keep it leveled out just a little yeah. here, a little there, not as much. No, I can, I can walk away from my phone pretty good, but I'll be plugged in, you know, I'll be checking. I'll be checking. Right. I get that late pick as I did with JT. I got good odds late. And I well, uh, jumped on him to win, which kind of salvaged the weekend. So that's sometimes you got to get in there and do those things. Um, but I don't know this week. I mean, if Chez, Chez wins this thing. I'm, you know I'm, what? Just for you, I'm going to put 25 bucks on him to win. <sighs> and I am. Just because I refuse to allow you. If he wins. <laughs> I refuse to allow you to have all, all the, the cards in your pocket. All the aces in your hand. I refuse to do that. So I'm not going to, I'm 20, 25 bucks on Chez Reedy. Real okay, money. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I got the um, same. I'm putting the same. I'll get, I'll do the same. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's show. One of us is working this week and one of us decided to take the week off, but that's just the way it goes. <laughs> one of us is a grinder. The other one wants to go hang out on the beach with his family. I think I'd rather go hang out on the beach with my family. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for Cody Merrill, our incredible guest, Mark Wilson. Thank you for coming on the show for my man, Travis Fulton. Remember, this is the place to educate and entertain. And at the end of the day, what do we say, Trav? The only place to cash out with the coaches. Good luck. Have a great week. See you.